Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands up and shout. Throw your head back and shout. Come on now, the bills are making it happen. The Buffalo Bills open up the 2022 NFL season with a commanding 31-10 win over the Los Angeles Rams. It was 10-10 at halftime. It was tied up. Bills have three first-half turnovers. And yet, even at halftime, it felt like it wasn't even close. The Bills have seven sacks on the day from the defensive side of the football, the most by a team on opening day. Josh Allen looks every part of the MVP, many betters. Vegas has him, NFL pundits have him as being this year four total touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, after being silent in the AFC Divisional game against the Kansas City Chiefs, really allowing Gabe Davis to do most of the heavy lifting in terms of stats, he comes out. Eight catches, 122 yards, and a touchdown. The Bills also forced three interceptions out of Stafford and a fumble out of Stafford. They just looked spectacular. They looked phenomenal last night. And even then, with how good I thought they looked last night, they had some issues. We're going to talk about some of those issues. We're going to dive in to some more stuff as we go along throughout the night. This is the Nightcap. I'm Zach Jones. This is WGR. And finally, the NFL season is here. It's back. Week one has officially started with, of course, the Bills playing the Los Angeles Rams on opening night. That was last night. And the Bills, man. I mean, like th- there was hype. There was hype. But I said on this show, too, that I just, a part of me really wanted to tone it down because I just, Last year, I went into the into the Steelers game way too excited. I, I thought there was no way the Bills could lose. And I thought they were just going to run through them at home. One o'clock, you know, perfect time for everybody. Just felt right, and they'd win. And they lost, and they didn't look good at all. Last night was the complete and utter opposite. The Bills were dominant. They were a machine. They were so aggressive. and I, And they weren't even perfect. I think the big takeaway from that game last night, I think from most Bills fans, was the fact that it could have been so much worse. Just mind-numbingly worse. 
they had three first-half turnovers. And when they didn't turn the ball over, guess what? They didn't punt again. I mean, what? That's not normal. That's not all right. It's just, they are a complete machine. I think this is the only way to put it. They are just a well-oiled machine. They bring in Ken Dorsey from quarterback coach to now the offensive coordinator, and the offense did not skip a beat. They just did not skip a beat. That first drive, the Gabe Davis touchdown was spectacular. It was perfect. It's exactly what the Bills do so well, scheming guys open and just getting easy touchdowns after just death by a thousand cuts type drive. I mean, that's what they do. And last night was such a cerebral performance by Allen and really the offense as a whole because they took everything the defense was giving them. Allen went deep twice last night, but for the most part, it was very just methodical. Dump it off to Zach Moss, dump it off to Singletary. Crowder got four targets, three catches. McKenzie had two catches himself. Diggs, of course, with the eight. Davis with the four. And just moving down the field. Just moving down the field. And then they hit you with the big play, especially, oh my word, the second half. 21 points scored in the second half by the Bills. Just a shellacking. They were dominant all night last night. It's exactly what we all thought this team would be, you know, midseason, or you really were sitting there, you know, crossing your fingers and really hoping that the Bills could come out and look as good as they did last night, even with four turnovers. Josh Allen with two picks. I'd 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 gate I, I would say maybe one of them is potentially his fault. The Isaiah McKenzie kind of drop slash it pops into the air and goes into the defender's hands. But even the one to Crowder over the middle of the field, Crowder just doesn't recognize the coverage they're in. Josh Allen throws it like it's man coverage, which it was, and I think Crowder was thinking zone, just a miscommunication. It's gonna happen. Crowder is new to this team and, and really he's been hurt a lot of camp, so it makes total sense. I'm not blaming it really on anybody. It's gonna happen. It's week one. You're working through the kinks. The problem is, for everybody else in the NFL, if that's what the Bills look like, when they turn the ball over four times, there's very few teams that have the talent top to bottom to beat them. I mean, just flat out, there are just few teams that have the talent to keep up with them, to beat them. And then, I mean, that was last year. It was kind of the same feeling, was that there's just very few teams that can keep up with them. And then last night, you, you saw how valuable having a player like Von Miller is. He's 33 years old, and if they keep using him like they did, 50, 55% of the, of the plays in the defense, he's going to have three or four more elite years. He is going to have three or four more years where he is just an absolute wrecking ball for this Bills defense because that's what he was. Two sacks, but it, it eventually you just started looking at... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everyone that had a sack last night. Von Miller, we mentioned, has two. Jordan Phillips, one and a half. AJ Epinesa, one and a half. He has three his entire career. The last two years, he had one and a half each. He's already t- he's already hit that in game one. And he's kind of been a quieter guy that like we're not really hearing a ton about in this offseason, in this training camp. It was really, it was Greg Rousseau and Tim Settle was a big name. Ed Oliver, of course, is a big name. But you didn't hear much about AJ Epinesa. Now all of a sudden, him on that second rotation that they have at the D-line, he was a force back there. He was getting back there all the time. Going back down, Greg Rousseau, of course, gets a sack. Boogie Basham has a sack. He also has an interception. Just because it, they were a force back there. And then even, you know, the injury they left with, at Oliver, defensive tackle, Sean McDermott spoke with the media uh, earlier today during One Bills Live. We uh, we replayed that back for you during Show the Bulldog as well. Mentioned that, you know, he doesn't have a, a great grasp on what's going on with on going on with Oliver right now, but Oliver last night said that he's going to be fine. Uh, McDermott said he's sore today and then said he's day-to-day. But he's got 10 days to recover. So the Bills may have completely gotten out of that game, scot-free, injury-free. But just, to me, I, I, I really do want to talk about the defense tonight. I really, really do. Because they were, that was a unit, I haven't had that much fun watching this defense, watching a Bills defense, excuse me, since like the cold front days with like the peak Mario Williams day. I have not had that much fun watching a defense since the peak Mario Williams days. It was so much fun just to see a quarterback clearly panicking a little bit, especially in the second half. And and then by the end of the game, uh, the comment, whether it's correct or not, it kind of is true, even if, even if Matthew Stafford didn't say it, where essentially told Sean McVay, uh, I can't hold on to the ball. And he couldn't. This is, an, this is a Rams offensive line I had mentioned in the weaknesses the Bills could take advantage of on this show, I want to say two days before the game. That offensive line is a concern if you're a Rams fan. A new left tackle with Andre Whitworth uh, retiring. A new left guard. And I believe they lost their center now. Excuse me, for two to four weeks. I mean, that, you have to go up, you have to go up against San Francisco's defensive line twice this year. That could be a real problem for them. But my big takeaway is just the Bills last year, their defense, while it was ranked number one in the league, just had such a tough time getting home. They could cause a little bit of issues for quarterbacks back there, but really it seemed like the pass defense and how good it was is based off the secondary. 
two in in all seriousness two all pro talents at safety an all pro at cornerback in Tredavious White and then just a really really solid number two in Levi Wallace that was where you were going last year and then Teron Johnson maybe one of the best nickel corners in football that was your secondary I think that played a big part into how good this Bills pass defense was now this year I mean, they're going to play guys like Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill's not somebody that can move. They got them next week. Then in week three, they got Tua Tungavailoa. That offensive line is better, but that's going from, like, rock bottom. That's where the Dolphins' offensive line was the last two years. They were rock bottom. So them being better is sort of just an assumption that they should be. You have to get a little bit better. And then week four, they get the Ravens. And the Bills against the Ravens has always been a bit of a a mismatch. This defense run by Leslie Frazier and head coach Sean McDermott has just been, it's had Lamar Jackson's number. And I think with guys like Von Miller, the the emergence now, I believe, of Greg Rousseau and potentially even A.J. Epinesa, that was was a lot of fun to see him get a sack and a half last night, especially as somebody that he's, he's just become the forgotten man. Even when he was picked in the second round by the Bills, he was kind of the forgotten man of just what he could do. You know, he comes out of Iowa. His 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 rookie year essentially was a wash because it was like, all right, well, we need to get his body right for the kind of pass rusher we want him to be. Now potentially he's there. There's a there's a good potential we are at where they want AJ Epinesa to be. But seven sacks. I th- I think I saw something uh, earlier this morning on Twitter. <laughs> I think I think Howard tweeted it out. The Bills are on pace for I want to say 119 sacks. They're not going to hit that, but wow. I mean, that just tells you. I mean, they were they were just getting home. They were just constantly getting home. And in their own division, they're not playing. The Bills will not play these you know absurdly mobile quarterbacks. They are going to play quarterbacks that they can bring down. That if they bust through a line like they were last night, they are going to bring guys right to the ground. Von Miller again, only only playing fifty to fifty five percent of the defensive snaps. The Bills did not lie to you to to tell you exactly what he is for this team. He's a finisher. He's a closer. He is here to end drives. He is here to end games, and that's what he did last night. That's that's what he did. It was spectacular to watch. I was I, I was in here producing the game, but you know I would be looking up whenever the Bills were on defense and I had a bit of a delay so I, I knew when a big play was coming it was so much fun to watch it really was the Bills get three picks as well Boogie Basham Dane Jackson with his first pick of his career I, I love to see that especially because you know the cornerback position really was just it was the rookies it was Elam and Benford and Dane Jackson the forgotten man a little bit the Bills knew for quite a while I think that they knew Tredavis White was not going to be ready for week one so he just he just kept grinding, kept working, get ready for week one, get ready for week one. And he comes out there, gets his first pick ever, does pretty darn well. Cooper Cup got his. Um, he's one of the best receivers in football, or at least he's used so exceptionally well by the Rams that his stats just – you almost let him get his and realize that the Rams, they are thin at wide receiver. Allen Robinson, I mean, it's week one, so I'm not going to say it with some certainty because it really could have just been the Bills' zone defense apparently, but – Two targets, one late in the game, the other one just a one yard catch or uh, uh, one catch for twelve yards. He did nothing. They target him barely at all. Tutu Atwal re- uh, really does almost nothing. If you're an opposing defense, he doesn't threaten you at all. Uh, Tyler Higby, their tight end, fine, but I mean he's not this game breaker that really should be targeted a ton. 
I will say I was a little stunned at the inactives. If you follow me on Twitter at Zachary Jones 198, I was a little surprised to not see Khalil Shakir suit up for the Bills offense. That was kind of the only inactive I was surprised by. It was I, it was more Shakir being inactive, but then all four running backs being active. Uh, if you listen to the station for those two weeks leading up to the Bills' uh, first game, a lot of people really were were wondering. You know, is it going to be kind of a committee between Singletary and Moss? And they kind of just go with the hot hand or depending on the matchup and, and, and Cook being the second-round rookie that offers a bit more in the passing game that he's always up or, or, or you know, flip it around and, and, and all three of them are just kind of rotating and people are inactive and, and stuff like that. No, Shakir, and they used all they used all three, or at least I think they wanted to. James Cook fumbles on his first carry in the NFL, which it was frustrating to see. You hated to see it, especially because it came right after Isaiah McKenzie's interception or caused interception so you felt really bad for both of them because they're both clearly trying to carve out roles on a very talented Bills offense but ultimately it was just it was a complete domination by the Bills in in every facet of the game the Rams looked completely outgunned and outclassed which was something I think I had I had this thought I was driving home last night early in the morning you know two in the morning after you know we, we wrap up post game with Nate Geary and I'm driving home, and my immediate thought was, does this make 13 seconds worse or better? I don't know how many people had that thought, but I I had that thought. Late at night, probably a little bit too much energy drink, you know, so early in the morning. But I had that thought, and it, and it raced through my mind. And it was it was one of those where, you know, does this make 13 seconds better or worse? And and sit with me for a moment while, while, while I take you on this magic carpet ride a little bit. I've been talking to a lot of my friends, family, you know, about the potential this year. You know, are the Bills really going to be Super Bowl favorites all year? Is this going to be a disappointing year? Is this actually the Bills' best shot? Was last year the Bills' best shot? And, you know, it absolutely could be. Last year could have absolutely been the Bills' best shot. This year could absolutely be the Bills' best shot. The next five years could be that. But I will tell you, watching Josh last night, watching this Bills team last night, I had the same realization as I as I have with a few quarterbacks. A Patrick Mahomes, I had this feeling two years ago. Uh, you know, Brady Manning, those guys, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Great quarterbacks win Super Bowls. They just do. Maybe it's plural, maybe it's one, but they just do. If I ever have to have an argument, if it's a genuine, honest-to-God argument about who the best quarterback in football is, likely the two, three names you brought up all will win a Super Bowl in their career. I was talking to my family about this today, and it's why I don't I don't feel like I'm jinxing it. Of course, a career injury, a career-ending injury could happen. The team could get gutted, whatever it is. But when you look at the history of the NFL, to me, there are two truly they at one point were considered the best in the game at quarterback to not win a Super Bowl. Fran Tarkington and Dan Marino. To me, that's it. That's it. Some people will bring up, well, Phillip Rivers never won a Super Bowl. Honestly, no one has ever thought Phillip Rivers was the best quarterback in football. N- never. There was never a time when people thought he's the best quarterback in football. No, there wasn't. And I say that, and I have to preface this, because this may be a bit sacrilegious, and I get it, and I've said it on Sports Talk Saturday, but that's where I look at Jim Kelly, because I know a lot of people are going to be sitting here going, well, Jim never won a Super Bowl. 
I don't think the NFL ever thought of Jim Kelly as the best quarterback in football. And that's not a bad point. It's not. He's still a Hall of Famer. He still absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But in his own era, Dan Marino was obviously considered better. John Elway was, by most, I think, considered better. Steve Young, especially in the 90s, was probably considered better. All three of them have Super Bowls. Then you go more into the 90s a little bit later. Brett Favre, for a three-year period, was, you know, defensive coordinators of the late 90s will tell you that for three straight years, they would formulate defensive game plans just to stop Favre. He was that dominant. Even with all the picks, you just you couldn't you couldn't stop him. You just could not stop him. And then of course we go more to the modern era. In the AFC, Brady Manning and Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, I don't really know if you would ever consider him, you know, the best quarterback in football, but he was always in like that like big three. And then of course Manning and Brady. They just traded off who actually is the best quarterback in football. And then over in the NFC, Russell Wilson. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is alarmingly close, though, to Dan Marino and Fran Tarkington in, in this exercise. He's won one Super Bowl. He's only made it once. John Elway made it to five. Fran Tarkington, I want to say, made it to four. Marino only made one. He just ran into the better team. And that's my second point to this. Look how talented this Bills team is. When I go back to the 90s, and I, I did not live during the Bills' heyday. I'm 24 years old. This is very much me going off of reading news clippings and watching old videos that really talk about the time and watching some old games. I, I like watching you know 80s, 90s games. 70s is a bit far back for me, but 80s, 90s, I enjoy watching those games, especially the early 2000s when I was young and I don't totally remember some of these games. But the Marino Dolphins were really carried by him. The Marx brothers were good, if not having great years, but they weren't, you know, spectacular. They're not Hall of Fame receivers. And really, Marino's best shot was in 84 when he just took the league by storm. 48 touchdown passes. Almost unheard of at that time. I want to say the record before that was 36. He was an absolute terror to not just the AFC, but the NFL. He was an absolute terror. This is also the guy that against the 85 Bears put up 38 points and won in their in their historic run that you know many consider them maybe to be the greatest team of all time 15 and 1 they run through but that one loss they lost a shootout to Dan Marino but outside of that Marino's Dolphins were consistently a 10 and 6 9 and 7 team a few years they'd have 11 wins but it was really just that 84 year that they were actually really good but it was always him doing things he was always moving it for everybody. And then Tarkington, very much outside of my age. I fully admit that. So a lot of this is more kind of what I see from the outside. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he just ran into better teams. He just flat out ran into better teams. The Minnesota Vikings of the 70s were great. They had maybe the best home field advantage of all time. When the, when the Minnesota Vikings played outside which just I that boggles my mind but they just they ran into better teams the Cowboys with Roger Staubach 
the Raiders. I want to say they lost the Super Bowl as well. They were better teams. But the Bills right now, after watching last night and 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 seeing all the hype that we had coming into this, how how many teams did we honestly think were better than the Bills before last night? Before last night, a lot of people were making the argument none. And now, after seeing last night, I don't know how many defensive lines are going to be better than the Bills this year. They Shaq Lawson didn't dress, and he would start for most teams. And he didn't dress last night. He was inactive. It's, it's why I think the Bills can win a Super Bowl this year. It's why now, after watching last night, because I talked about it, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm worried I'm gonna have a tough time just enjoying the ride. And I don't know if I will now. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have a good time enjoying the ride. Because I'm sitting here and I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, I think they're just the best team in football. I think they have the most talent. Stephon Diggs just. He's he's putting together a late career Hall of Fame run. In Minnesota, he was somewhat you know stashed away. They just didn't go to him enough. He didn't get volume, but you always knew there was something more there. The moment he's arrived in Buffalo, he has shown how much more is there. It's a top five receiver in football of his era. And I just I wonder what Diggs' stat lines would be, what it, what the idea of Stephon Diggs would be if he had gone to a much more pass happy team than the Minnesota Vikings. Even even if it was just the Minnesota Vikings, they just didn't have Kevin Stefanski as offensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer as head coach when Diggs was there. If they just really just leaned into, okay, you know, I don't care that we drafted him in the fifth round. He's a stud. And they just went to him. And they just started you know, targeting him a ton. Because you see with the Bills, yes, they build in those deep shots. And he had one last night, which is a gorgeous touchdown from him for the connection between him and Josh Allen is just, it's, it's gorgeous. It's perfect. But they hit him a lot, just in in short little slants. Just get the ball in his hands. Get the ball in his hands. Get it out quick. He's our first read. Get it out quick. Hit him and let him and let him dance. Let him do his thing. And he does so much damage. And he just abused Jalen Ramsey yesterday. Is there a worse quote, like in NFL history, about a player from another player? Oh my gosh! I, like honestly, is there a worse quote? Jalen Ramsey in I I want to say that it was a uh, I'm blanking on on the publication but he went on just this tirade against basically every NFL quarterback just I mean just ripped them all apart and at the end of it really really picked on Allen and just basically said it was a trash pick he played him when he was at Wyoming and just they ran through him like trash trash he's 0-3 against Allen when they've played and last night he gave up a perfect passer rating. I just this team is so talented, and I think we've had some callers talk about it over the past few weeks. We've had a few today too, uh, across the station. You know, what if that thirteen seconds really unleashed something in this team? And I tell you, you're probably right, because it did for that Chiefs team when they won the Super Bowl. Them losing in overtime because of a coin toss, same circumstances. Frank Clark just lining off, lining up offside. One of the worst plays you're going to see. I bet that lit a fire under them. I I would bet you most of my life savings that that lit a fire under that team. And the only thing that slightly derailed them, an injury to Patrick Mahomes for like three games. Outside of that, they just were a complete machine. And it got to the point. I mean, obviously, I think a lot of people remember this playoff run from the Chiefs. 
going down by 21 points in all three playoff games, including the Super Bowl and winning every single one. The the the, the Houston Texans game being, I, I think, sort of the the crescendo, even though I think it was, it was the first or it was the second one, but it was somewhat the crescendo of that whole thing because it was just Houston was up by 21, and yet at halftime the Chiefs were up comfortably, and you're just sitting there like stunned out of your mind. This Bills team has the same sort of makeup that if they really need to turn things into another gear, if they really need to just, you know, you've probably seen like the meme or, or, or the picture on Twitter where like if you're playing video games and like you're just sitting back casually playing and when it gets serious, you sit forward. That's the Bills. They're just, when, they ha- when they realize they have to sit forward and actually try for a minute, there's like three teams I think in the NFL that can compete with them, that can keep up with them. I think the Chiefs are one because I think Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen – are just the pinnacles of quarterback playing the NFL right now. I really do. Because to me, it's not just about regular season. It's about the playoffs as well. And that's where Aaron Rodgers has lost me over the past few years. Because he goes from throwing 40 touchdown passes in a season, seven picks, and looks great, to he walks into the playoffs and he's like, I only throw to Devontae Adams. I will not take chances. He completely limits his offense. Where Mahomes and Allen seem to just hit another level. They seem to just play their best ball in the playoffs. They are animals. I think the Bills will win the Super Bowl this year. I said it in my bold predictions from a few months ago. I think Josh Allen really could win MVP this year. I think he has the storyline. And last night, he had a few plays that will stick in the minds of voters for the rest of the year. Of course, the stiff arm is one of them. The other one is him running for a touchdown. Just He's a machine against guys like Bobby Wagner. And then to me as well, that touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs, rolling to his right and absolutely just firing a missile down the sideline to Diggs. He's going to have the storyline. He's going to have the highlight plays. And if the Bills are the one seed, I think it's going to be one of those. Because the NFL, number one as well, the NFL is going to want to build up a narrative of Mahomes and Allen are tied in accolades. So... The NFL will love if Josh Allen gets an MVP and a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP in the same year. Because now, for the next five, six years, all it is is who's better? Mahomes, Allen. Mahomes, Allen. Mahomes v. Allen. 13 seconds will last a long time in NFL history because it truly began what is now the best rivalry in the NFL. It's Bill's Chiefs. And somehow, due to networking, that game is going to be 425. It's not even an 820 game. It's not even a night game. It's cruel. It's brutal. But it means I get to go to sleep earlier. And I can't wait to play that. I, I cannot wait to watch that game. I watched this this Bills defensive line. I think it's going to be a menace. They didn't even blitz. They didn't even have to blitz. Stafford got sacked seven times, and they didn't blitz once. And I don't know if there's a defensive player on the Chiefs roster that even compares to guys like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. I just don't. It was a complete domination of a 31 to 10 win, and it should have been worse. We are going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's officially NFL week one. So we're, we're going to run through the games. I'm going to pick each game on the Sunday and of course, Monday night window. Let's see what we've got. I'm very, very excited. Now that the Bills have played their game, I get a full Sunday of just watching NFL football. We'll break that all down when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. 
Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for about a half hour or so more. I'll be back on Sports Talk Saturday tomorrow with Nate Geary. Break down more of the Bills' win over the Los Angeles Rams, of course, what's coming up in week one. And we'll do that in a few moments. But first, we're going to go to the phones where we have Butch. Butch, welcome to the Nightcap. How you doing, my friend? My friend, you already know how I'm doing. I'm doing great, eh? Oh, you have always, always have a good show as usual. I just want to make some quick comments right fast. First of all, when Vaughn Miller first first approached, took the job here in Buffalo as a defensive, a defensive end, his first thing he did was he took A.J. Evanezza, Boogie Basham, Greg Russo out, out to where his camp was to just educate him, teach him a little techniques, and just have a little bond friendship. You can see it worked out. All four of them played the same. Boogie played like Vaughn. AJ played like Vaughn. Greg played like Vaughn. I'm proud of him. So that's that's one feather in the hat. Secondly, I want to look at. I'm going to just give the the Bill Scouting Department the, the draft niche. I want to give. I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to take a, give a stand up and take my hat off. Salute them. You know, here it is that you know you already got Trey White, who's our superstar corner, shutdown corner. He's our quote Jalen Ramsey, but at the same time he's been injured. But at the same time, the draft came in Bredane Jackson. He brought Johnson from Florida to safeties. He brought Hamlin from Pittsburgh. He went and got Bedford from Villanova. He got Elam from, from uh, Florida. Now, look at it. Our secondary, along with that pass rush, the young kids back there can really just get confidence and grow. So I see positive things on that. And real quick, I'm going to be done with this. On the other side of all, I got to salute and take my hat off to Coach, Coach McDermott. Number one is when, you got, when you're a rookie and you propose to have a big part of our offense and your first time you touch the ball and you put it on the ground and for our coaches send a message not just to him to everybody we're not tolerating it you're gonna sit on the bench you're gonna think about it. okay we're on national tv i know who your brother is i know your family's watching but at the same time this is the buffalo bills and joe i'm let you know man i agree with you but i'm taking one game at a time i look forward for them bringing that Lombardi trophy home but i think we got more coming after that so i love you my friend thank you so much for taking my call and you always wgr is my team for life love you my friend thank you so much Thank you, Butch. Always good to hear from you, man. Always good to hear from you. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From you. And I, I agree on like all those points. I think the Von Miller camp that all of the young guys went to, you can tell has paid dividends. The guys have talked about it at camp and, and, and what it's meant to them in terms of learning from someone who is as great as Von Miller is. Again, he's, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, which is something I, I don't know if people – truly grasp he is going to be in the hall of fame no doubt literally zero doubt and so to him get it to get into the ears of, of guys like Rousseau Basham Epinesa even at Oliver who plays a bit of a different position from him but is still on the defensive line is so so key to your point with the scouting department yeah I mean if, if they're going to be able to grab two legitimate starting quarter cornerbacks in the NFL in rounds one and six and just kind of plow through with that 
and then just wait for Travis White to get healthy, get those, like you said, Butch, get those two guys in Elam and Benford confidence and, and build how they feel about themselves in a, in a positive way. It's only going to help you as the season goes along. And, you know, I think my thing with McDermott, I think sometimes he can be, you know, a, a little bit much in terms of, you know, his punishments. I mean, you know, the McKenzie stuff has almost now become legendary in terms of just not putting him on the field because of some of the turnovers. But with that being said, it, it does get to a point where, I mean, you, you can't put the ball on the ground. We saw yesterday James Cook did it. He got three snaps total, or uh, he got three touches total yesterday. You know, I think he had 13, or no, I, I excuse me, he had three plays at all all day yesterday. And and there's a likely chance that he is he's a healthy scratch next week. And Khalil Shakir dresses. There's a very likely chance there. But then you have guys like Isaiah McKenzie who is who has absolutely um, been molded by that. I think I think McKenzie's really kind of become the the perfect example of the the McDermott way I guess excuse me about you know constantly grinding constantly working constantly getting better to where now he is a weapon for the Bills he scored a touchdown yesterday and I wonder how much they would have used him yesterday if he didn't have that one key drop that led to a pick and ultimately of course his you know in anybody's mind his his I guess interception cause causation is going to stick in the minds more because there was another one right after. And then ultimately it just it sort of compounded and it went, oh no, what's happening? The wheels are falling off. The Bills could lose this game because of foolish turnovers that just, you, you can't make those mistakes. They're boneheaded mistakes. You know, they're not fluky, they're boneheaded. Fumbles, not paying attention to the ball, stuff like that. But the Bills brought it around. They looked as dominant as they should, and it was a great, great win. Before we move on, that's us getting connected to our fans. It's brought to you by the law firm of Gelbert and O'Connell. They take your personal injury case personally. Now, we do have week one of the NFL season. And let's talk some games in the NFL. Starting off... The one o'clock window. What games am I looking forward to? We're running a little bit out of time, so I'm just I'm going to talk about the five or six games I want to watch this Sunday. First up, one o'clock. I've talked about it a ton. Eagles Lions. I put it in a parlay. I'm taking the Eagles. I loved the Lions in Hard Knocks. I think they're absolutely a team to watch for the future. I really, really do. But with that being said, I think the Eagles are a team for now. The addition of A.J. Brown, all the additions they've made to their secondary. Devonta Smith in year two, what is that going to give you? And Jalen Hurts is a guy that literally since his first year in college till his to his you know last year in the NFL, he has improved as a passer every single year. I can only expect that he's going to continue that. He may never be an elite stud quarterback that truly you know sends you know spine-chilling thoughts down opponents' backs. But I think he can be a really darn good player in this league. I really do with, with the addition of his legs and the fact that he does have a pretty solid arm and a pretty accurate one at that. I think he could really do wonders, especially now with a retooled Philadelphia receiving core. So that's number one that I want to watch. That's Eagles and Lions. The other one, of course, 1 o'clock, Patriots-Dolphins. I'm with Sneaky Joe DiBiase. He tweeted out this morning, and I'm kind of there. I just want somebody to get blown out. I just Whoever loses, I just want to dunk on them. I want to make fun of them. That's where I'm at. I, that's all I want to see. I just I want to see one of the AFC East teams that either it's the Patriots where I just like seeing the Patriots get whooped on, or the Dolphins who I'm just so sick of hearing about them in any sort of positive light or really any light at all. I'd like to actually see them just get whooped on. 
I'm okay with either. With that being said, I do think Miami wins that game. I think it could be handedly, too. I, I think you look at that Patriots offensive line and, and stuff we're hearing about how just it does not look good. They're not blocking. They're not getting anything up front. They can't run the ball a lick. And then you add in the fact that their secondary is gutted. J.C. Jackson is gone. Tyreek Hill is in for the Miami Dolphins. I think that game could be a barn burner real fast, and it is the Patriots barn that is burning. Next up, Jaguars and Commanders. I'm going to keep an eye on this game just because I have a parlay with it. It's with the Eagles and Lions game. It's because I think the Jags are going to be a much better team this year. I'm not saying playoffs, but I've said this before. I think they could be a 6-7, maybe an 8-win team. Trevor Lawrence has looked so much more improved. I said it on Sports Talk Saturday last week. Trevor Lawrence, I know it's preseason. You can't trick ball placement. He is throwing some really, really good footballs, and I think that is going to carry over to the regular season. So, Jaguars, Commanders. Next up, of course, real quick here, Baker Mayfield versus the Cleveland Browns. Comments about Miles, from Miles Garrett, their star defensive end, came out, uh, I want to say, yesterday or the day before, basically about how him and Baker Mayfield don't really have a great relationship, that their relationship while Baker was in Cleveland wasn't a word complicated. But even then, I think Baker got humbled a little bit. I think he realized he cannot just always be the world's out to get me, the world's out to get me. That only gets you so far. You can only drive yourself off revenge, anger, whatever, for so long. You need something else to drive you. I think this is going to drive him. may not be forever either because if he has a single good year, that whole no one believes in me thing will be gone too. But at least it will be something for him. So I'm looking forward to that. Going to the 425 window, my third game in my four-game parlay, and that is Packers-Vikings. I'm taking the Vikings in this. Give me a new offensive-minded head coach with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook in the backfield, and a stingy defense. I kind of dig it. Before the Bills got Von Miller, I was heavy on the trade for Daniil Hunter train. He's 26 years old. He's had some injury issues, but when he is healthy, two straight 14-sack seasons, he was a menace. The Vikings still have him. The Bills obviously have Von Miller. I think the Vikings can win this game. I like the Vikings to win the NFC North. The Packers, who, who, who's to throw the ball to? Romeo Dubs? Alan Lazard is doubtful for this game as well. I like the Vikings here. And then, just because I'm a bit of a masochist, I guess, uh, give me Seattle and the Broncos. Uh, Russell Wilson, to me, just got treated poorly these last few years. There's been stories coming out about the teams wanting to move off of him for three, four, five years now. This is ridiculous. He's a future Hall of Fame talent, nine-time Pro Bowler, and was the best quarterback in Seattle Seahawks history by a mile. Don't give me Jim Zorn or Matt Hasselbeck. I will fight you till my last breath. He is the best quarterback in Seattle Seahawks history by a large margin. And now he gets to play Seattle week one. Geno Smith is their quarterback. I saw I saw a stat today. Geno Smith has almost... I'm sorry, Russell Wilson has almost as many Pro Bowls as Geno Smith has career wins in the NFL. Geno Smith has 13 career wins in the NFL. Russell Wilson has nine Pro Bowls. Just absurd. I'm also looking forward, of course, to Cowboys-Buccaneers. That was a great opening day game last year. And, you know, you get that again, why not? And, of course, the comments constantly by Jerry Jones about what, what the team actually should be doing. It's always, always, always a fun time. And I think a player like Micah Parsons... He fits Dallas perfectly. That man is a star, and I love watching Micah Parsons play, and especially with a retooled Tampa Tampa line that's hurt and just they're not they're not in the right headspace. I think they could be a lot, 
a lot and a lot of fun to watch, especially as a Bills fan that likes to see Tom Brady get sacked a little bit. We are going to take a quick timeout when we come back. Some college football tomorrow. I am going to vent because I'm a Texas Longhorn fan, and I get to watch the number one Alabama go up against Texas. We're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for the next few minutes. College basket or college football, excuse me, is back, of course. Last week was week one. Had some good games. But now, as a Texas fan, I get the brutal realization of Texas is in fact not back. And I get that every year. Usually, though, it takes to like week six, week five, something like that. Usually after the Red River rivalry when they take on Oklahoma. No, no, no. I get treated to number one Alabama week two at noon. Like, oh, okay. I didn't even get to watch last week's game. I was down in, uh, I was over in Syracuse uh, with my girlfriend. We went to the opening night game there against Louisville. Dominant win by Syracuse. Love to see that. That was a ton of fun. I had a blast. But I didn't, I didn't even get to watch the Texas game. Now I'm going to. And uh, I'm worried. I'm terrified. I, I'm putting on a brave face by saying great teams cover. They're a 20.5-point underdog at home. That's the same line as uh, Notre Dame taking on Marshall. Marshall's a 20.5-point underdog to Notre Dame. I, I just love that. I think better years are ahead for Texas. I do. I, 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 I feel like I'm going to regret this, but I am putting trust in Steve Sarkeesian. I like the offense he's building. I just I, I have to hope eventually that – they start actually developing players on offense. I think people are always surprised when they hear that Vince Young was the last offensive player drafted in the first round out of the University of Texas. And then in terms of a pro bowler, it was Jamal Charles, someone that played on the exact same team as Vince Young. This is a a university, a football program that has just been down in the dumps for most of my life and certainly pretty much 99% of my fandom. But I... I have hope in Steve Sarkeesian, but I had hope in Charlie Strong, and I had hope in Tom Herman. So what do I know? I'm just, you know, I'm going to leave you with this. Great teams cover. Go Bills. And have a wonderful weekend. This has been the Nightcap. Thank you for listening. I'm Zach Jones, and this is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.